This is exactly right. And it was because it's going to make my life easier on the road. Yeah. But now I fucking hate the way my hair looks. <laughs> and I wish I hadn't done it. Of course. But the, you know why? Because it's permanent and you're trapped in it. But it looks super cute. Thank you. It's an interesting also counter thing to your, like, when you have that cute dress on today, but you have that hair. It's cool. Okay. I believe. It's, it's doing the job you wanted it to do. Okay. But I'm sure it's like getting a perm or like, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah. It doesn't like Vince keeps obviously not divorcing you. <laughs> Vince keeps obviously not saying something. <laughs> but here's you know the thing. what I mean? Yes. But that's also the thing of guys are scared because he if he knows right. you don't like it a little bit, he's afraid to walk that line and go off into the forest of I said the one thing and now she's going crazy or like it too much. And they're like, well, <clears throat> what do you mean you like it like this? Yes. There's a lot of ways to. He just keeps saying it's it's a different look. <laughs> God bless it's him. It's a different look. Oh no! God bless him. Is that recorded? <laughs> Hello, Hello. and welcome to my favorite murder. You guys, we're back in reality again. Back to life. This is reality, right? Back to reality. Back. <laughs> I feel like this office could be a like portal. We could be dead. Let's hope we're not. Because we have so much to do tomorrow <laughs> morning. Technical. I felt like a businesswoman this week, which yeah. kind of is fun. I feel like that's what when I was a kid, I was like, Barbie's a businesswoman. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and now I'm Barbie with my stupid Brazilian blowout that that's I hate. Right. Describe your hair to people. <sighs> to me, it's just so basic bitch. It's like <laughs> somewhere between basic fucking bitch and like a heavy metal rocker dude. Hello. Remember when like the heavy metal rockers would have like, like, um, what's his name? Lita Ford. Yeah, but I'm talking about a dude. Oh. Um, yeah, I guess Lita Ford. I, or, or like, um, Guns and, Stanley. Guns and Roses. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Axel Rose. Yeah. It's just so stick straight that I feel weird and I look more like Liza Minnelli than I ever have. I feel like. <laughs> It's just a lot of face for me. I think I like I need a balloon of hair around my face to to frame it. And instead, this is so flat that it's just like, here's your face. Yeah, uh, that's I empathize. I have cut my bangs in a way where people had no choice to stare at my big fat fucking face. It's a terrible feeling to feel exposed to feel like you've painted yourself into a style corner. Mm -hmm. It does not look like that. Thank it's you. super cute. It's also very different for you. Yes. Because you're usually doing like a half finger wave bob number with a this and a that. Yeah, a little bit of back comb. And every on. time I look over at you, it looks like you're about to go like <laughs> with an electric guitar. And I fucking love it because then you're also wearing like a, a little cocktail dress. So it's a fun, I think... If you would fold in a combat boot with those, Ooh. that cocktail dress number, you could really get a <gasps> my uh, 20s look going that would be very satisfying. How about me. if I paint a fucking lightning bolt across my face? Okay. Are you with me? Just well, <laughs> separate from the hair? Yeah. Just, how about you start doing that? How about I get a tattoo oh, of a lightning bolt? Please, let's get into face tats quickly. Please, immediately. I'm going to get a little mustache. <laughs> 
right over my actual mustache. What if you got, you know how finger mustaches were really popular for a while where mm-hmm. you'd have like a little secret. Fi- what if you got a finger tattooed over where your mustache <laughs> Some weird fat finger on your upper lip to be like, Look. yeah, yeah. Remember the mid 2000s, right? That becomes trendy. Oh, let's let's start that. Let's start it. Let's start it. Let's pop it off. Um, um what do you do? You have anything? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, I have pressing information from weeks ago. Of course, <gasps> I would say this was my headline. Um, I said <laughs> the Uh-oh. Netflix series Dairy Girls takes place in Belfast. Okay. The whole reason it's called Dairy Girls is because it takes place in Londonderry, <laughs> which as many very patient um, Irish and Northern Irish uh, murderinos have let me know, aren't really even that close to each other. Great. I think... How are you supposed to know that without looking at a map? How, look, I've looked at these maps. Yes. I've even been to this part of Ireland, but... <laughs> I think Northern Ireland, I say Belfast and it's over. I didn't even really realize there were other cities to talk about. Even though I'd watched the series, mm-hmm. saw this little sign that said, welcome to London, Dairy" or whatever the hell it is. There's a bunch of identifiers. Like, you know why it's called Dairy Girls. Well, that's not, there's a contingency. I think that it is, is uh, after you. Yeah. Coming after you. Okay. And from Ireland. And we love it. As well as every, every. <laughs> New where, Mexico from inside of your own head even <laughs> that's where they're getting me the worst that's a, that's a rough one there it's very true so apologize I mean apologies to, <laughs> to yourself. you guys go apologize <laughs> not me to uh, the great people over at Dairy Girls which is if you haven't seen that series I watched it because some someone recommended it to me on Twitter loved it so much it's so funny it's I just adore it and then it ends beautifully and mm. I hear there's going to be a second season. Yay. So now we'll all know exactly where it's coming from and be so much more um we'll know where we are in, on the map. Yes, it'll be great. In we'll the, all take in the a future. pin and we'll pin it on the map. I'm going to have Stephen drop a pin into Londonderry. <laughs> you know what we should do on the, with this wall of the office, this gray, it's kind of depressing. It looks like a an asylum wall. Yes. Is have a map of all the places we've made mistakes. <laughs> sure. Or Boston. are going to make mistakes. Yes, that's so it'll right. Be, it'll be the solar system on one side. Um, speaking of <laughs> speaking of Netflix, so we got a lot of like asks, like, did you guys watch the Ted Bundy documentary? Oh, right, right. So I was like, I better watch the Ted D- Bundy documentary. I watched two episodes, and I was like, why am I so angry and not enjoying this? Uh huh. And I usually. I'm interested in Ted Bundy shit. And I realize it's because I have to hear his fucking voice. And that's the point of the ep- the show is yes. to hear him talk to a reporter. Right. And I fucking hate him so much. Yeah. And I don't want, he's already, he's said what he's going to said by say by murdering a bunch of women. That was his side of the story. That's right. Why are we, fu- he's a fucking megalomaniac. He's a fucking known liar. Why are, and, and, and it's not diabolical. He's a little pussy who got fucking <laughs> intimidated. By women and wanted to be famous, and the only way he could do it was by by killing women because he's so into. Like, why are we listening to him and his side of the story? I'll tell you, my theory is because same with me. I don't want to watch it because I don't like watching killers talk about their craft and all that bullshit. Totally, that's all elevates. It's the actor inside the actor studios for fucking murderers. (laughs) Exactly right. And but I think that was that thing at the time they went. 
oh my god yeah we don't know what this is we have to get this out we Look have how to get pretty it he is too right well it's that thing of people fall for this so much if you're good looking that means you're good right there it's this it's the most basic mistake human beings make we all do it it you get you give credit to good looking people. You think they're good people. You think tall men are great leaders. If and you're you'll nice, do whatever they say, that means you're kind. Yes, you. It means that you have no agenda and you're just being right. cool. There's all these ways that we want things to be that simple. So I I understand recording Ted Bundy to go look at this monster in this shell of the. He almost looks like a British lit professor. Uh-huh. He's so like patches on the elbows and look. I just want to talk about this. That stupid fucking smirk. I yeah. mean, yeah, go but, on. But, well, just for me, that's, it's for other people to look at. I don't want to hear him because he's not a truthful person. You're not going to get anything no. from it aside from being massively creeped out. And what I like is uh, Billy Jensen kind of in the wake of that <gasps> and the a trailer coming out for the Zac Efron Ted Bundy movie. Billy Jensen is fucking putting his mouth where his money goes. He, he, is, he has created a thread of the Ted Bundy victims talking about each one of them individually. I read tweeted it on the my favorite murder um twitter feed and you can find it i'm sure most people list, uh, follow billy johnson but he also i it's just really awesome. i just saw this he also just posted that he, bundy confessed to murdering eight other women in in all these different cities maybe he said maybe it's bullshit but to the uh, medical examiners in those states if you have female remains from the era that you don't have funds to process direct message me and i will help pay for the extraction and familial search to give them back their names yes billy we love you billy what tell us how to help you look listen you're gonna have a podcast on our network (laughs) and we love you and was that a was that an easter egg teaser easter egg teaser it's not even a tease it's like the whole thing (laughs) but so and i also wanted to say that i'm really looking forward to friend of the podcast uh celine beth cauldron she's doing a a documentary called theodore where she just interviewed that they interview people who experienced him and survived the survivors and all this shit which i'm really look i like that part it's interesting to me Yes, because that's what that's where you're going to get a real story. Right, is the person and rule style. The person who sat next to him. We went to dinner the other night, and my friend uh, Denise had just read a stranger beside me, and she's so mad at Anne Rule. She's so mad at Anne Rule for right. falling for yeah. Ted Bundy's act. But I was like, but that's how good he was. Yeah. That's how evil it is, and whatever. That's but, why it's so amazing. I think it's because he was able to fool. And fucking rule. And rule a, an ex-policewoman, a fucking investigator, a, like the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but yes, the the documentary you're talking about, that was the girl that was in the front row of our show that Who time, came right? Up, we, we picked her and she came on stage, remember? Yes. 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 What show was that? Uh, we'll it, I think it was in Texas. If I'm not I'm not mistaken, I think or Portland, um, <laughs> <laughs> or Salt Lake, could have been Salt Lake. Um, but the the people who lived through it, the people who can sit there and go, here's what it looked like when this lunatic was coming through my window. Mm-hmm. That's those are the only people I want to hear. Totally. From. Or here's even the psychology and and this not to fucking totally disparage this documentary because it's actually really good and interesting. But whenever Ted starts talking, I get angry yeah pissed off like i wrote three pages of fucking scratch <laughs> of me being, listen i had some fucking rose i'll admit it <laughs> but uh yeah i wrote all this crazy insane rambling um uh, go follow theodore documentary on instagram or just look for the theodore documentary i know there's a um it's theodore the documentary and i know there's a trailer for it and they're still making it and i'm really excited i for can't it. wait yeah yeah it- 
can't wait for that to come out. I'm going to do a weird thing real quick. I keep hearing my fucking <laughs> overalls jangling. <laughs> so I'm going to undo them. So do no it, one girl. at home is like, what the fuck is that noise? What is that? Why are they wearing a small bell? Oh, I do have another thing. <laughs> okay. So we had the great privilege of doing a live show specifically for TNT's new uh, limited series, I Am the Night, mm-hmm. directed by Patty Jenkins. Which right now we're not being paid to say. That's right. This is this is just talking about it because we lived it. Um, directed by Patty Jenkins of Wonder Woman, starring Chris Pine and also e- uh, executive produced by Chris Pine. Um, hooray for Chris Pine. <laughs> um, <laughs> but when during that live show uh, where we were at some point in like five years we should release the unedited version of that <gasps> absolutely live absolutely not <laughs> no fucking way we're burning it to the ground steven's gonna release it we i think time capsule wise it could be a good one i lost my mind personally yeah. at the top of that show you i was did. so stressed out but um but i mean it turned out yeah, so yeah. fun and amazing but it was a little bit crazy so um at one point I said I was talking about what was happening around the case and I referred to something and I called it espionage. Yes. I almost got away with it. And then George was like, did you mean to say espionage? And it was, no, no, no. It was the wrong word. I, yeah, I yeah. want you to do that. Well, that's all I ever do. So I was I think probably was so excited that you did it. Yes. The wrong have word. at. Um, but I couldn't until um, somebody uh, on Twitter named at Silly Celia C-I-L-L-Y-C-I-L-I-A. She tweeted me the day after it came out or the day of of it coming out and said, is the word you were looking for subterfuge? And I was like, yes, yes, it was. That's amazing. I would have never fucking guessed that. Right. What a great word. Let's all use that in our daily lives. Can you tell me the meaning of it? Subterfuge just means like um, trickery and secrecy and kind of like you don't know what's going on. Like almost like submarine. Subterfuge. Subterfuge. I think so. Someone else also wrote in and said, were you looking for the word intrigue? Which probably also would have fit. Why don't we use those words more? We will now. I'm intrigued by the subterfuge <laughs> of the fact that we don't use those fucking words. <laughs> nice. Did I use that good as Yes, you did. Amazing. And quickly. And quickly, because um, I'm so smart. Well, so thank, thank you. Thank you all for... Uh, <laughs> Thank, thank you for that. And also for all the people who came. It was raining so hard oh my in God. L.A. that night. It was kind of like cool romantic-y because we were looking to watch a fucking thing about the Black Dahlia, which is what the show's about. Yes. It sounds like we are now integrating <laughs> ads into the podcast. We are but not. I swear to God we're not. This is the difficulty of when you like start doing stuff like this yeah. because it's what we really did, but it's also yes. a commercial. Right. So you know, look, this is, listen, this is where we are. Uh, this, and this was brought to you by <laughs> Jefferson Mays was the actor we interviewed at the end of that live show. Who what was the greatest? A joy. I mean, just the most interesting person to talk to. Yes. A delight. Um, support him and all he does. He's yeah. also in the battle, uh, the ballad of Buster Scruggs. Oh, right. On Netflix. I haven't seen it anyway. Um, 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 um what else? How was your day? <laughs> I spent most of it with you <laughs> in meetings. I know. In an uncomfortable dress. We got to the dentist last night even. Well, at the at nighttime? Yeah. You oh, can that's do that. not safe. No, Georgia, you can't. <laughs> was I tricked? You, was it, this, is it a home dentist office? <laughs> Basement, yeah. No! <laughs> it's an attic. It's in the attic dental office. Right up. It's in the Soden house. Yeah. Where Dr. Hodel used to <laughs> that's live. That's right. Well, that's good. You got something taken care of. Yeah. 
Let's have a new corner and we call it errands. Taking care of business with errands. two Z's. Uh, I bought paper towels. Oh, yes. I'm proud of you. That actually is hard. Because you can't. Is, you don't want to carry it. No, totally. Yes. Can I tell you what? I didn't even think about telling you this. Uh, so I met. <laughs> I quit the podcast. <laughs> I put all our money in my name. <laughs> and I'm going to Aruba, Jamaica. Jamaica. Uh, so the other day, uh, Sunday, I met up with my dad real quick for lunch and, uh, he, it, the, the, got to talking about the book because I gave him a copy of our book that pre, cause he's special pre-order. Right. You can't, you can pre-order it. You don't have it. Gave him a copy. He says, I have some notes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, accuracy notes or just overall? Both. Okay. And it was really, and I'm going to save the piece of paper he wrote on forever because it's, it's so Marty. It's notes on, on like page this, you wrote that. And it was also clarifying some shit about my life that I didn't like, that I wrote about that I didn't know oh. that he, in the book, he was like, cause I write about my parents a lot. It was wow. crazy. Yeah. Was it a helpful thing? Was it like good to hear it? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I had this fucking notion for years that was false. Wow. Yeah. I think that happens a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's so hard stark that my dad had notes for my fucking book. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, I have to send, I, I swear to you, it's too late. If I send my dad, well, yeah, exactly. Oh, but if I send my dad my book, he's going to go, can I get it on the Kindle? <laughs> like my is as supportive as my dad is. I can feel it. That's, that's yeah, kind of yeah. how we are. Yeah. Kilgariffs, it's like, you have to feel what we're doing. You can't yeah. really listen to it's what It's like we're an ESP thing. Yes. And is having right? watched... It's a, well, kind of, it's like, yes, it's like you have to be connected on a different level yes. because there's, a, it, there's a couple things going on because of the shame issues. We can't really do things directly. It, sure. It's always a weird sidebar. So it's like, if I'm really proud of you, I need to insult your sweater. It's that kind of <laughs> shit I grew up with where I'm like, oh, thank you. Hold on. <laughs> exactly. so, so I think I, I just realized as we were talking about this, like, I think if I handed my dad a book that had my name on the front of it, he would lose it. But that would be, he would have to have that reaction of like, oh, I can't He'd use this. in the other room and yeah. Yeah. Start and then he would things. later on when I wasn't there, he would tell other people how proud he was of me. Aww. And then my sister would have to loop back third hand because you, your God dad's forbid, really proud of you. God forbid. We, yeah. yeah. She's mad about it. So there's a little bit of a, there's a yeah. little tone to it. You know, dad's real proud of dad's you. Dad's talking about your thing again. It's like, I'm like, I'm a school teacher, but dad's real <laughs> proud of this book you barfed out. I'm the person that's doing, uh, that's keeping America's children together for $11 a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks so, so much. Thanks, Karen. Thanks. Thanks for you and your friend. My dad did text me. Listen, I'm, this just sounds like I'm bragging now because my dad is a sensitive person. You know that. But he texts... Uh, I'm crying. He cried. He cried during the book multiple oh. times. And he said, I think Ray Bradbury would be proud of you. And then I barfed. Oh, right onto the book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my phone. <laughs> but he texted it and there was probably an emoji. It's fine. I, I was saying to my therapist the other day, this, this, um, you know, as much as like things feel crazy, whatever. We talk about this maybe too much, mm -hmm. but, but that also it feels very vulnerable. And so there's this kind of like tension that I feel like is getting much better now that we have like, you know, people in place. Now whatever, that we've, but, um, we've, uh, cloned Steven <laughs> multiple times. Exactly. Now that we've hired a staff. We put a Steven in here and a Steven over there. Steven's no longer the full staff. Yeah, and Vince does this and. 
Yeah. Okay. We have more support. Yes. But that feeling of vulnerability is something I've worked my entire life to not experience. Yeah. I'm a stand-up comic. I do it by myself. I don't rely on other people. You were I really don't good trust at that in the people. beginning. <laughs> when all I when all I was in like, love me and trust me and let's cry together. <laughs> oh. I'm your best friend now. Mm. I mean, what an experience. But it's just like, then you just have to go too bad. Yeah, like yeah. too bad. That's the, that's the exchange. We get this fun, cool experience and we have to be the most vulnerable, it, stripped down. It fucking, fucking works better when you're vulnerable. It's, it's better. It sucks. It, it sucks. Just, it's hard. It's, um, yeah, it's like kind of flexing your bicep all day long is what yeah. it feels like to me where I'm like, Ugh. it makes me want to freak out and I just can't. Once in a while you can. All right. Well, yeah. Go, go. We have a merch store at myfavoritemurder.com. You can buy shirts and lots of cool shit. There's we, a fan cult yeah, at there as well with extra special things. You can join. And we're um, building out the extra special things that the fan cl- cult gets all the time. Yep. So, um, you know, don't, don't be mad if you at join us. now, just know that the future holds many wonderful like, surprises. For example, since we have, we're, um, we've been paid to mention it twice, <laughs> the TNT I Am The Night live show, it was only available to the fan cult. Right. So shit like that, where it's like, well, we have a show, we have to fill it. It's like tickets aren't, for, it's, tickets are free. Let's tell the fan cult about it. And yes. so it's stuff like that. Yeah. Insider stuff. Perks. Listen. Perks. Perks. Look. Keep giving you shit. <laughs> and you keep appreciating it. God damn it. It's I, very vulnerable making this exchange of love. That's right. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines. And June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like, perfectly scrambled eggs. Oh my God. Yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient made in cookware. Made in was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Maiden. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of made-in products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. 
What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Um, who's um, Do we? Oh, whoa. Whoa, no. <laughs> oh, Steven's not ready. No. Failed. I stumbled. Steven. Uh, do we count the I am the night order or the San Diego show? Because if we go by I am the night, then Georgia, you would be first. Yeah, you I want to be first. George Fidel. All right. Well, Great. Go. Do, it. do it. We Great. go by that. I was going to say no. And then you said that. And I'm like, yes. Yes. I'm going to go first because I want to. There's so much fucking information in here and I need to get it out of my brain or I won't listen to you. Okay. Great. Your story. I understand that feeling. Also, I just cracked a can of wine. Let's do this before I get shit-faced. Boom. Um, get ready. I have a koozie over this can of wine. A We Watch Wrestling koozie. Yeah. So, for all you know, this could be a can of vodka, because you can't see the label. That's right. And hey, Shmirnoff, why aren't there cans of vodka <laughs> out there for me? I need a can of vodka. Uh, let's make that. Great. Merchandising. Okay, so, fuck. I first heard about this case recently on an episode of one of my favorite shows, Cold Justice. Yes. So fucking good. What's cold about it? Um, the cases and the weather, because they're usually, you know, wearing coats. <laughs> it's all back east. It's like a double entendre. <laughs> so um, this is, co- it's cold cases, essentially. Cold cases and the, um, Stephen, blow your nose. <laughs> you want a tissue? Oh, sure. I don't have one. <laughs> I have a perfect used solution. One. I have a used one. Okay. So, Cole Justice is ba- it's this fucking badass uh, prosecutor named Kelly Siegler. She goes to town, small towns or big towns or wherever that have cold cases, and they have a case that they need help with. She starts it from the very beginning, and they try to figure out uh, who fucking cold case that shit. Yeah. So she does it for this one i've never fucking heard of it even though there's something about it that you will know oh so i'm going to tell you this and then i'm going to get into it this so this is the murder of kathy page but let me start with this and you'll fucking understand okay so about nearly 30 years ago this dude is a writer from the uk he is on a greyhound road trip across the u.s to like see the sights smell things you know (laughs) sure taste stuff while traveling through this town called Vider, Texas, which is about 100 miles from Houston, he spots three billboards off the I-10. Uh-huh. The three of them read, one reads, Vider police botched up the case. Second one reads, waiting for a confession. The third says, this could happen to you. Mm-hmm. And so that writer and then director, of course, is Martin McDonough. Yes. Who made... Last year, three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Yes. He said he always, he couldn't remember where, where it was that he saw it. He didn't, he, he assumed it was a woman because it, you know, broke his heart and seemed like a mom kind of thing to do. Right. Um, he was incorrect, but it always stuck with him. And then he kind of made the characters from there. Okay. So basically this, that was his imagined version. Yeah. And you're about to give us the real. That's fucking oh, right. Oh shit, girl. Nice. This is three billboards outside of Vider, Texas. Okay. 
So here's the real story. Very early in the morning, about 4.30 in the morning, on May 14th, 1991, 34-year-old Kathy Page was found in her car in the driver's seat, and the car is stuck in a ditch. It appears to be a car accident. It's about a hundred mile, uh, no, sorry, a hundred yards from her house that she lives at with her now estranged husband and two young daughters. I think they're like nine and 12 mm-hmm. or so um, in Vider, Texas. Her body is found at approximately 5 a.m. by, it says a paper boy, but I think it's just like a newspaper delivery service. So right. it's not as sad as it sounds. It is. Okay. When investigators start to look more closely, though, they get there immediately and they're like, this doesn't fucking look right. This is not a car accident. Mm. They're like, this is staged. So basically, she is in the driver's seat of her car sitting stick straight up, but it's face down in a fucking nose down in a ditch. Uh. So her feet are planted on the ground. Her head is tilted back. The soda that's in the car has not spilled. Her purse hasn't even toppled over. Oh. So it's clearly fucking staged. Yeah. Um, the car is barely damaged. And um, they also find a blade of grass on the bottom of her jeans showing that at some point she had been in that grass that was in the ditch. Oh, right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the autopsy determines that she had been strangled and she also had a broken nose and a black eye. So something, someone staged this car accident. She also didn't have a seatbelt on and she was sitting up like that. Uh-uh. So detective. So that must have been so eerie. I know. To find that. Yeah. So detective Sergeant Mosley, he becomes suspicious immediately. This is not fucking right. He walks a hundred yards up to her front door and he says that when her estranged husband, Steve opens the door, he uh, looks over at the carport and then looks down the road where this is all happening and says that his wife's not home. Uh, and he, they told him that she was dead, that she had been strangled. And he fucking throw, goes into a fit, starts getting upset. He throws himself on the couch crying and all this shit. But then the detective is like, when I saw his face, he wasn't crying. Ugh. Which I want to know, do you think it's possible to be crying without tears? Is that just impossible? It's like one of those things where it's like, you know, now we know that your reaction just might be shock or whatever. What do we call it? Um, How we don't judge people nowadays. Oh, yes. Yeah. So there's no grief expectation right. of like what you're... There's no right way to be told How your to, wife's been strangled to death. Exactly. Yeah. So I wonder... I This is probably fucking medical. We could ask a doctor. Tears. Like, do they always come when you're crying? Now, I am a doctor. <laughs> and I should have told you this about three oh, years ago. shit. Everything I say medically is pretty dead on. Oh, it's but good to know. I would say this, as a person who, because of the way my eyes are, mm-hmm. light blue, any mm. emotion that I feel passes through my face. Like, I can't, I can't, if I get misty about, if I watch a video, my eyes will turn I've red. And even though I'm, uh, like, fine, if I have the feeling, yeah. it gets shown. I, I'm <laughs> the opposite. <laughs> Where you're having it and nothing is and happening. And like... I would cry right now if I weren't on a ton of pharmaceuticals. <laughs> well, so I think there are people who are on natural pharmaceuticals, i.e. being sociopaths, where they know what it looks like when someone's upset. Right. 
and they know to make those noises and sounds. But I think if you Especially when they murdered their wife. Yes. But I think if you are in shock, you don't try to fake cry. Right. You you sit there and don't have a reaction. You don't fake anything. You don't fake anything. Yeah. I think those people that cry, but there's no tears, which you see a lot these days, is just mimicry. And people knowing this is what I'm supposed to do. Right. Now, are there people that go, I know what I'm supposed to do. And if I don't do that, I know these cops are going to think I'm Because I'm in shock and I have no feelings yet i mean that you should i would hope to think that if somebody that was as close to you as your wife would yeah. be that if you were told that they were murdered you would either be in shock and none of that planning would be going through your head you right. wouldn't be sitting there going right. what does this look like to this person totally. and all that shit totally. you would just be having reactions. i think that like blacking out seems like a norm like we were just reading because someone left in my seat back pocket that thank you very much whoever the fuck that was yes uh, maybe it was dale hugley <laughs> hugley who we saw on the plane to Albuquerque recently. <laughs> That's right. That and was very was exciting. This the coolest motherfucker I've ever seen in my life. He was the coolest motherfucker, and so many people walked by his seat and said something to him. Yes. It was the cutest, coolest thing where you're like, oh yeah, he's a stand-up comic that's been busting his ass for years and years. He's gotten shows, he's got he's been in movies, he's been in cool TV shows. Like it was it was really cool. He just looked, and then I just, I don't want to out him to TSA, but he, I, I noticed him first because he had this really cool hat on, like hipster cool hat, and in it was tucked a single fucking strike anywhere match. <laughs> and I was like, A, that's the cool, like, that's just so cool. It's so good. B, anytime someone needs a fucking light, I bet you pull that motherfucker out and line it. Three, you got through TSA with yeah. a fucking strike and they were matching your hat. So, but that's when the government was shut down. So that's I think, right. you know, we're they lucky. Were busy. We're lucky it was just a strike anywhere that's match. Right. That's right. <laughs> and it's still like you, I mean, listen. Yeah. Look, do whatever you want. Um, where were we? Oh, yeah. I was going to say, so the People magazine where, sh- where the fucking daughter of BTK is like, here's how it happened for me. Cause she just yes. wrote a book. Her yes. thing was like, she just started when she was told that her dad was a serial killer and BTK, she just start, start just blacked out. Yes. And fainted. I bet. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah, because how do you take that in in a your reality would would just crack everything. And then you wouldn't even know where to like I feel like know how to sit down. That's normal for someone who loses a spouse unexpectedly. And that that they're actually connected to. But if you're not connected and you need to put on a show. Yes. I think that happens a lot. Okay. So <laughs> we got through that. I don't know. Um, so the investigator da, 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 got upset. No tears. But he was, quote, weeping. Um, and we know a lot of this stuff because there is a trial later, although it's not what you think it is. Okay. okay. So Kathy, let's go back. Hey, guess what? Kathy and Steve, they had been married for 13 years. They had the two daughters, as I said. And Steve t- then tells authorities that recently Kathy had told him that she no longer wanted to be married to him. And they were planning on separating. He said she wanted to work things out. But of course her sister her friends are like she's was not happy for a long time steve slept on the couch or she slept in her daughter's room she had recently got like a job a real job out of the home for the first time and was going back to school and so she, she was 21 she got married and she's now 34 and she's oh, like wow. finding herself and has friends at work and she's fucking gorgeous too by the way that doesn't hurt um and steve was uh, according to 
uh, Kathy's sister that they wanting to stay together was bullshit. Their marriage was over. Kathy was starting to move on. So two nights before Kathy was found, Steve had moved into a condo mm. on his own or apartment on his own. Okay. So, um, but the night of her death, Kathy couldn't find a babysitter. She's calling around. Her sisters couldn't do it. So she called Steve and was like, can you come over and watch the girls? And she told Steve that she was meeting her friend Charlotte in Beaumont, which was like 10 minutes away for drinks. And she left around 1115 that night. But the autopsy shows that Kathy had had sex that night. And uh, and then the authorities learned shortly before her death, she had sex. And then the authorities learned that she had not gone to meet Charlotte. In fact, mm-hmm. she uh, Charlotte admitted that she had agreed to cover for Kathy by saying that Charlotte, don't pick up the phone. I'm telling Steve I'm going out with you. So if you answer the phone, he'll know I'm not out with you. Right. And the reason is because Kathy was actually going to meet a new dude that she was dating who mm-hmm. was staying at a hotel in Beaumont. So around 2 a.m., Charlotte, her friend, is fucking fast asleep. Her phone rings. She picks it up. It's mm. just like, just let's remember, too. It's like from a time of not having cell phones. Yes. Your phone is blaring in the middle of the night. This poor woman, like in cold justice, she talks and she fucking obviously blames herself for this whole thing. Oh, no. It's so sad. Answers it. Immediately here's a hang up and is like, oh, fuck. Oh, no. I just outed my friend. It's later revealed that on the piece of paper or on the um, phone book where Charlotte's phone number is, right underneath that was another phone number. And that was the hotel's phone number. So he calls, probably calls Charlotte. She picks up. He, She's not fucking out with Charlotte. Calls the next number. It's a hotel. Knows what's going on. Okay. Yeah. So, um... Okay, so the autopsy report, again, shows that Kathy had had sex that night, and they, and this is obvious, but it kind of blew my mind, that they can tell that whoever she had sex with had had a vasectomy. Oh. Which is obvious, because there's no sperm. Right. But, like, I'm also like, wow. Yes. Yeah, that's fascinating. Isn't it? Um, Her boyfriend that she was seeing hadn't had one, and he passed a polygraph with flying colors. It's definitely not him. Like, we know it's not him. So that means she had sex with another guy. Guess what? Steve had had a vasectomy a few months earlier. So um, here's the thing about this case and about uh, Viter is that... No, everyone on either side who thinks Steve did it or thinks he didn't no, agrees that the cops, the investigators, fucked this up royally. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you proof of that because the crime scene with the car and Kathy in it, and they take all these crime scene photos, later find out there's no film in the camera. What? There's no film in the fucking camera. There's not a single crime scene photo Ooh. of this case. Mm, okay, but... <laughs> nope, no buts. There's no, you can't fix this. How? Like even uh even if you're even if you're it's your first week. Mm-hmm. It's like you, a joke I make a lot when are those is there film in there? Right. You know? And also a camera like the way those I would assume the camera I'm thinking of, the kind like that they used to use or whatever mm-hmm. that would have yeah. like film film in it. Makes a noise. It makes a noise. It's also like it sometimes you can see the yellow through Top, the little window. A hundred percent. And they're definitely lighter when there's no film in them. Yes. Like a some a slightly interested photographer would be like, This isn't Right. And this goes to the other big thing, which is there's this conspiracy theory. I'm into the conspiracy theory. Because you don't want it to already. be real that someone would just forget the fucking film. Right. But there's other things too like so they go up to his door at, right like right after they find her it's like b- like between 4 30 and 5 in the morning they don't 
bring him or the two sleeping daughters in for questioning. They don't secure the scene. They don't ask if they, I think they ask if they can come in and he says no, because he doesn't, he says that other friends of mine have have had evidence planted by these cops around here. So they don't, they don't get a search warrant. They don't try to get a search warrant. They don't photograph his face or hands to see if he has scratches. I mean, they don't do anything. Yeah. It's, 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 even if there is conspiracy theories that are true, they also were fucking incompetent. Well, I also think it's that thing. uh, Or they botched this. They botched this investigation. Because if it's a small town in Texas, they've had no experience. That's right. With like a murder and a murder cover up and all those things where it's like, oh, no, go down to Steve. Yeah, yeah. That's that problem, that small town problem of like, oh, I know that guy. It's fine. It's not him. They both admitted later in this trial that they were acquaintances of his. Yeah. So they knew him. Yes. Which is part of the conspiracy theory. But, you know. There's or some, just the theory. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. When there's no conspiracy. Yeah. You just have theory left. Yeah. That's right. So then they bring, they bring Steven like two days later and question him. And he's like, oh, yeah, actually, Kathy and I had, he volunteers it. They don't even ask him. Kathy and I had had sex before she went out that night, which gives him a reason why his semen would be there. Right. He says that he, uh, she was getting ready to go out. Again, they had split. They, he had moved out two nights before. So. How much do you want to fuck your ex who, like, you just kicked out of the house? Right. I mean, I've broken up with people and I had who I kicked out and I hadn't had one sex with them for like a year. Right. Right. Yes. So he sees her in a towel coming out of the shower. He says he tries to have sex with her. She agrees. They fuck in the living room on the rug. That's his story. Okay. Where are the children? What? I guess they're, they're in bed already. Because it was late. Okay. Whatever. I mean, look, we all also know, like, you can think of a thousand times where you're just like, oh, I'd never fuck that person again. And then suddenly you are. So, I mean, you can rationalize so many things. She's going to see her new hot boyfriend, too, in her hotel room. Right. No, I know. And maybe she's also like, if you know, he'll be suspicious unless I do this. Is it true? I mean, there's, yes, Yes. there's a a million ways to, to, there's a million possibilities. Right. But, okay. So, when Kathy is found in the car, she doesn't have on makeup or jewelry. It had all been removed. But the dude she was meeting said she was in full makeup and had, like, an outfit and jewelry on when he saw her. Mm. So, that suggested that she had been home after visiting the dude. She left the hotel room around 2.30 in the morning. It suggests that she went home, took off, or did her nighttime routine. I was listening to Southern Fried Crime. Mm-hmm. And she talks, she says this really interesting thing that I totally caught on to, which is like, you know, in every lie, there's some truth. Yeah. Well, Kathy's, uh, Kathy's habit was to come home, take off her makeup, her jewelry, get in the shower, put up her hair and get in the shower. So Steve saying he saw her in a towel after a shower could be true. It's just later. Yeah. He approaches her for sex. He fucking knows she was just at a hotel because he called the number and uh, is blaming her for cheating on him. Right. Essentially. Yes. Is just probably pissed in general. And so the other thing is that the blood is found, blood stains are found on her underwear and skin, but not on her outer clothing, suggesting she wasn't wearing clothes when this, when the blood happened. Right. So they said Kathy Page was not killed in her vehicle. She was killed in another location, cleaned up, redressed, and placed back in her vehicle after the vehicle had been rolled down the ditch. So they think he rolled the vehicle down the ditch, carried her body back in, probably put her down in the grass, which is how the grass got on her jeans. Right. Etc. And fucking um in cold justice they redo this. They because they have no photos to look at. <laughs> so they reenact the whole thing of how it would go. Uh, is that crazy? 
So also, like, I I wonder if a small town would even have a staff police photographer. Right? No, they wouldn't. Is it like there's the camera? Go get the camera. Exactly. Yeah, someone go get the camera. So that that could be a part. But still, it just doesn't. Eh, yeah, doesn't it's, seem it's, doesn't seem right. If you know enough to take pictures of a crime scene. If you know that much. However, I could see some 19-year-old new recruit that, like, take the photos and he doesn't know jack shit and just yeah. does that, you And know? also, if the flash is going off, you're like, oh, it's all happening. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, so, so two days after her body is found, it's publicly announced that Steve was the prime suspect. Steve, fucking obviously, this guy, man, he's a piece of work. And he, he there's an interview with him on Unsolved Mysteries and you're just like, oh, you're refer- referring to yourself in the third person. No. And all you do is say how this, how her death has badly affected you and your career and your, like, no, he's a creep. Yeah. That's, Um, that's always like the seven red flags. Yes. Is that kind of like, this murder has impacted my life really negatively. These these billboards that her dad put up have made, you know, it's like, which is probably true, but yeah, he's a creep. So he claims he's innocent. Um, he says that, Proof, part of the proof that he can show that he's innocent is that after Kathy was murdered, he started receiving phone calls and was threatened that the same thing would happen to him if, if he, nothing, the same thing would happen to him, threatening him. Um, he claims that it was, he, he says that everyone knows around town that it was, the murderer was actually a, a member of a prominent Italian family in Beaumont. And they're part of the Beaumont Mafia. Oh. Did you know that Beaumont has a mafia? Is that Sopranos season six? <laughs> I think, I feel like I'm just getting to that season right now. I think it's a spinoff of Sopranos. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. No, it's not. It's like, not. <laughs> it's not a thing. It's like, that's the thing in Texas where if one Italian shows up, yeah. everyone's like, gather around, everybody. we got to get rid of this. That's right. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And in Southern Fried Crime, she's like, I tried to Google it. And even this story doesn't come up Ugh. when you Google Beaumont Mafia because it's so fucking random. Yeah. It, that also sounds like something that Beaumont High School made up to call their football team yeah. or something. You know what I mean? Where it's like, we're the Beaumont Mafia and we're going to kick your or ass, Lawndale. The Goths <laughs> in the Trent. They're trying French coat guys. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. He sees like they're responsible for her death and they're, they're, the police are framing me. Okay. So here's another couple of reasons why we think he did it. So it's obviously Kathy's family, her big family against Steve's big family, and they contradict everything the other one said. Yeah. So in the very beginning, they didn't think Steve had done it yet. They weren't suspicious of him. So the minute that the family finds out about her the parents find out about her death he says that it's uh she broke her neck and it maybe was a suicide he already knew that she had been murdered and he doesn't tell them he also suggests that she was on cocaine oh. she's not oh no so he's fucking weird and saying some weird shit and then also they re- they notice that there's a square of carpet cut out in the living room which he yeah. offers to police is where that's the same place where they had had sex that night Remember, were they bone in the fucking yes, living room? Yes, but, and why? Who cut it out? Who cut it out and why? And also says that not only did we fuck there, but there was blood, Kathy's blood on it because she liked to shave her legs in the living room. So, <laughs> well, okay. Yes. Somebody, at this point, if I was at the police station, I would open the door and I'd be <laughs> like, dude, fucking knock it off. Knock it off. Yeah. This go is Go to nuts. jail. Go, just go and get in jail. I, you can't find a woman in America who shaves her legs in the motherfucking living room. Or, even if she does, have you ever bled enough on the car? Like, 
You don't. You don't. Oh, was she dry shaving? <laughs> like, what? What? You know when you cut your leg and you just spurt blood yeah. all over the place, and you just kind of stand there. But the reason he says he got rid of the rug is because that he was carrying some fucking grease from from fucking cooking fish. Fucking whoa, whoa, whoa! Trips ran over to the spot where uh-huh. he has sex with his wife. Spilled it there. Ugh. I mean, there's just you pick one reason, and he gave them all. It was the Bermuda Triangle of of their carpet. That's right. And so he got rid of it. He also never would let the cops in. Um, he burns that fucking piece of uh carpet. He burns everything that he alleged. He allegedly said he tried to clean it and her family said that they saw his family trying to clean that spot too. Good God. And they're all, no, no, that didn't happen. Also, anytime you're entering into a burn area, you're in dangerous <laughs> right. waters because the, the, usually the innocent don't need to go burn stuff in the backyard. Absolutely. Although you guys, you and some of the people taught me, I'm from Orange County, which is suburbia, that burning trash in a backyard is a normal thing very much so but you can only do it on a burn day yeah, so please call your comptroller and find out when <laughs> when the burnings Listen, are allowed my favorite murder is we're, if there's anything we're against it's unlawful burning yeah, of please. trash civics our key <laughs> everyone we're writing for mayor of your city <laughs> um when we learn to pronounce it that's right so the other thing that was fucking creepy and weird is that all of kathy's watches have disappeared all of them so, and that didn't happen until after it was discovered that uh, she hadn't been wearing any jewelry that, that night when she was found. Mm-hmm. She had come home and taken off all her jewelry. Steve was probably like, I don't know which fucking watch she was wearing. Let's put them all oh, out of here. Yeah. And Kathy's sister says that she, re- like, right after the murder, saw Steve give his creepy, weird lawyer friend, which they talked to in Cold Justice, a manila envelope. He passes it off to him. It was bulky, and it made a metallic sound, and Steve said that there was candy in it. <laughs> so whatever jewelry she's wearing that night, he probably put in a manila envelope, gave it to his fucking creepy-ass lawyer friend his who's going to cover call him. Saul-style lawyer. Exactly. He's Joe DeRosa's character, the fucking... <laughs> the vet the that vet. gives people, does surgery on people. That's right. Uh, also... Yeah, this guy is, is, seems like he's not only only lies all the time, but is terrible at it. Yeah. Can I tell you the worst thing he did? I was going to save it, but like, when I saw him cold, there's a video of him cold justice. I'm sure there's a video that Steven can stay up till three in the morning finding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, Steven. Please <laughs> Because you know that's like what it's, it's so like nine o'clock fl- right it's now. It's so flippant, and it's like Stephen's reality. We're like the worst college class he's ever had to like cram for Listen, every Wednesday night. Stephen, we should Tuesday. let you know we're working on a new website where this stuff exists, so you don't have to make it. <laughs> Stephen, it's true. We're- we are working on artificial intelligence, Stephen, <laughs> where you won't even have to talk to us anymore. Listen, your brain and Elvis's head. Just Steven, think about it, Stephen. Why do you fight? Us helping you by making you do more work all the time. Here's the video. And it is the most, one of the most. Here's the video Steven's going to shoot for you. (laughs) He's going to reenact it tonight. I'm going to need a reenactment of this. It's in the, it takes place in the daytime, but look, Steven, figure it out. We'll do it. Night shoot. Yeah. Lights. Okay. So Kathy's family started noticing that at her gravestone, flowers were uh, strewn. Someone was fucking around with all the shit that they were leaving on their lovely daughter and sister's gravestone. Mm -mm. So they hire a fucking private detective. He goes and hides in the fucking bushes or whatever, videotaping. And 
Here comes Steve, and he punts the flowers on her gravestone so angrily and hard. I had to pause it. I was. It freaked you out. It's it's an angry fucking person who's angry that she was fucking someone that night. and and also who's so psychotic that her being dead isn't enough. Not enough. It's like he still can't be like, yeah, it's crazy. Wow. He's he they have video of it. So he claims it's because, you know, he was mad at her family or they were putting plastic flowers on it. And he didn't like it. Sure. But then they also show him s- scratching some shit into the fucking gra- gravestone. He oh, gets down on his dude. knees and fucking scratches like it's insane. Yeah. So I just I mean, it's so troubling. So. Well, and also just the consistent lying. It's when people just constantly lie and lie to your face, do one thing and then are like, I'm not doing that. Yeah, I didn't. I never told that person, like the person's there and they're like, I swear he told me that. Yeah. I'm not the liar. Right. But you can't, if you say I'm not the liar, you sound like a liar. You're such a liar. (laughs) (laughs) When I'm not, I'm not. (laughs) But I'm not the liar. I swear. It's that thing of like, if there was a clone of you and uh, that looked exactly like you and they were like, I'm the real Georgia. Yes. You'd seem like the fake Georgia because you'd be freaking the fuck out. Yep. In my mind, listen. But then you know what I would do? Here's how you'd know I'm the I'm not the clown. I know how. Say it. You say I don't give a shit. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Is that? I mean, that's not what I was gonna say, but it's it's exactly I'm right. Right? right? Um, <laughs> fine. She Look, can. Be I don't me. even I care. Don't care. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I don't even fucking care. <laughs> I was gonna say if you show me like a, a you know a duck being friends with a goat, I'll you'll see my Cheers. eyes go red, and then you'll know that okay. that's me. All right, I'm gonna do bo- next. If that ever happens, I'm gonna know to do both. <laughs> it's so it's so much better though. I don't care. She can she. <laughs> Talk to the clone. She'll do it better. Let let her have it. Talk to the clone. I don't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So uh, about the conspiracy shit, Kathy's family thinks uh, there's a conspiracy with the police and the district attorney that they've been covering for Steve and they'd let him get away with murder. It's knowledge. It's common knowledge, apparently, that Steve's parents are close with the chief of police in, but, but, uh, in Vider, but at the same time, it like doesn't really explain it completely. Another theory that I heard from Southern fried chicken. Thank you. <laughs> Seven fried crime. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is that the dude that she was her, her boyfriend that she was looking up with might have actually been a prominent citizen from the town. And in order to not because we don't know his name in order to not, you know, get it publicized, they just kind of shove the whole case under the rug right Uh, no fucking film they think that no film in the camera was a conspiracy as you do and uh it also took the police three years to get to convince the district attorney to issue a search warrant for the home what yes three years okay well then that is a can even even in the yes you it's a conspiracy simply because there's the what is was it called? It's the it, due diligence or like yes. you have to do things in a timely manner. Totally. Is that just court cases or like it seems to me investigating like things? Yeah, it's like all of us. You can't just not do your job when there's a a, a woman has been killed and it children have been had their had their mother taken away. Right. That's yes, all of it. That's disgusting. And I hate to fucking spoil. Uh, I spoiler alert you at the end of <laughs> of fucking cold justice. The, the Kathy Ziegler is a fucking monster. Like she, I would not fuck with her. She's amazing. And even she can't fucking get them to get an arrest warrant for him. And she gets so much information that he against him that it, she, oh, 
Okay. <laughs> you got to see it. I have two more pages. And I'm like, <laughs> ah! Okay. Okay. So when this happens, it takes three years to get the search warrant. So Kathy's father, James Fulton, is like, I can't fucking deal with you people anymore. He owns some land by the I-10. And he's like, watch me, bitch. Yeah. He uh, puts up all these billboards. Um, previous versions included, quote, and, and this is huge and you can see it online. I believe my daughter was raped while she was being strangled to death. Uh, Vider police botched up the case and also one that said this could happen to you. I think I already said that. Yeah. Another declared this is Orange County. It's their Texas Orange County, not right. mine. Um, city of Vider. Here you get by with brutally murdering a woman. The current sign put up in like 2012 or 2014 includes a, a picture of both Steve and Kathy. And it says, Steve Page brutally murdered his wife in 1991. Oh. Vider PD does not want to solve this case. I believe they took a bribe. The attorney general should investigate. Signed, James Bolton, her father. Holy like, this shit. guy's not fucking around. And some no. people are like not into these signs right. at all. And obviously, Steve took the daughters, moved out of town yeah. pretty quickly. But then... They kind of grew up after that as orphans because he shacked up with a married woman and sent them to his sister. They had to end up living with his grandparents. I mean, it's, it's, it's really sad. Yeah. But in 2000, Kathy's family sued Steve in civil court for wrongful death. The civil jury found that there was a preponderance of evidence that Steve killed his wife. Wow. So they, that quote, found Steve Page killed Kathy Page. And Steve was found financially liable for Kathy's death, and the verdict was upheld on appeal, which is big. He was ordered to pay $200,000 to her family. Wow. He was also convicted and fined and given probation for the desecration of her grave. Yeah. So he's now 61. He lives in Texas. He's yet to be charged criminally for her murder. Um, his daughters were sent to live with family um, they became estranged from him. And sadly, uh, the younger daughter, I don't want to say their names, but you can find it online. Uh, she died of a prescription drug overdose in 2011 at the age of 27. Oh, that's terrible. I mean, it's case <laughs> remains open. And the father has spent more than $200,000 himself on billboards since the early 90s. Wow. On his own land. He's now 86. Kathy's mother, Dorothy, died in 2012 without ever having a closure on this. Uh, Kathy's father says that Quote, this is my priority until my death to try and get something done. It's not over with yet. I'm f I'm fixing to do a whole lot more than what I've already done. And the surviving sister who has a blog about this, she apparently she wrote about it. She hated the billboards. And she said, quote, to me, this billboard is not about my mother. It is about two stubborn, selfish men with too much guilt to carry. Oh. And that is the true story of three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Wow. So the daughter basically feels like the billboards aren't that that's just it's more about their fight as opposed to finding who did this. finding who did it. Yeah. So it's I wanted to end on his quote because it's like, yeah, go get him. But the daughter's the yeah. in most innocent victim here and. It's not doing anything for her. Well, and also we know his point of view because we're getting the billboards say it. He's yeah. he's taken that action, right. but she's the one that is directly impacted, and um, and her point of view is as important. Yeah, and it is. I mean, what do you do though? It's 
it's like, what a terrible position where that's, it feels like the only recourse that you have is putting up signs on your land. Totally. That says this hasn't get, gotten taken care of. Well, at the end of the school justice episode, you're just like, <laughs> yeah, like, that's all there is to do because no one is fucking listening and no one will do anything about this. Right. I mean, wow. they, they brought the case to the district attorney and he refused to uh to take it on was it the same guy from when it happened I like don't know oh sorry i don't know remember <laughs> wow that's amazing yeah bananas right it's, yes so good there's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back i know it sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone but it also sounds like we just sold some merch that's right and if you're a shopify user like us you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder and here's the important note that promo code is all lowercase so go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level that's shopify.com slash murder again don't forget the code is all lowercase goodbye well mine um mine is one that i considered doing when we were in san diego uh-huh. um but it's so awful um that i didn't want to do it for a live show because it's it's just terrible i mean obviously everything we talk about right, is terrible of course. but this is um it's not only you know incredibly terrible but i remember this this is one mm-hmm. of those uh in like baseline on tv on the news crimes that nobody could believe like when it happened people talked about it and freaked out about it and it was just in the air and it, it happened when I was 14. So I have a very strong memory of it. When, and you're me- when your mind is grasping onto these fucked up things. Right. And it was the San Ysidro McDonald's mass shooting. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. So there's a documentary called 77 Minutes that is all about it and about the survivors experience. There's a lot of survivors uh-huh. that speak in it and stuff. It's and so if you want to know more, this mostly most of the information I have is like straight up Wikipedia. But uh, watch that documentary if you want to know, get the real inside scoop because there are survivors that were inside mm-hmm. um, and that speak about it. And it's it's also one of those things. There was a time in this country, you know, where <laughs> this never happened nope. and people had no idea even how to respond. They didn't know what it was. I mean, it's so sad now that you think that there are people in the generation below us i mean barely i'm so young yeah uh that think that that public 
shootings and is a normal thing when really it's really in the past for for me like 10 years right you know when Col- columbine was this fucking insane thing that happened and never ever happened as far as we knew and right. now it's like the norm exactly and it's a, it, we shouldn't we shouldn't let it be normal i feel like you know people say that a lot like on social media like, don't normalize this mm-hmm. and don't and i always want to say back it's not that it's it, we are the, this country's in crisis and there's so much terrible stuff happening every day. You can't be reacting to mm-hmm. everything all the time. You go crazy. Yeah. And so it's like, like we don't have you see the next thing in 10 minutes. It's not like you have three days of news coverage to to absorb it. Ex- exactly. And mean? sometimes okay, that makes the, sense. Sometimes the next thing in 10 minutes is another shooting. Right. And I think that's that thing that, like you heard about there's there's the guy that walked into the bank and shot five women yeah. execution style. Um and that as you're processing that then there's an another Let's shoot this fucking couple that killed all the cops in Houston. That's right. Five policemen. That's insane. Or dead um then then like immediately yeah. you you'll hear about that day where um you know then 15 people were murdered on the south side of chicago and no one ever talks about that. and then people are like don't talk about it because it makes the killer want the notoriety yes and so then you're making it oh god it's just the it's insanity it's insanity, like, in, it's insanity and we need gun control in this country yeah um and we've needed it since uh the 80s just some rules we need some fucking background check the same kind of background check you'd need if you got a fucking abortion or if you got a fucking driver's license yeah basic shit just some basics but you know that's this is that's more of a political that's not gridlock podcast that well no no no. i just i just mean it like if it were i think change is coming because i think the children who are being directly affected by this are taking action in ways that we aren't it's not a we i've never had to do a shooting drill at school so there there are people that are being affected by it who are young and angry who aren't going to just go oh that's terrible because it's happening to them amazing and those people combined with the people who are in um underserved communities where gun violence is like uh, de rigueur and who are like we're just being murdered out here and no one's helping us i think it's like the wave of that coming together yeah um the people who are who are is affecting trying change. to live their lives yeah it's yeah yeah so okay so let's just let's just go all the way down to the to the to bad town <laughs> <sighs> All right. James Huberty was born in Canton, Ohio on October 11th, 1942. He had polio when he was three years old. Um, he, he had difficulty walking for the rest of his life. In his early, in the early 50s, his dad moved them to a Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania Amish country. So the, the mother, when when that happened she was like i'm not moving there mm. so she left the family to go preach for a southern baptist organization mm-hmm. which of course affected james terribly and he becomes withdrawn he gets married in 1965 uh to a woman named etna um they have two daughters he becomes a welder in his hometown canton ohio um, they settle down there, but there's lots of strife in the house, domestic violence. They, uh, Etna and James don't get a divorce ever though, but they, but it's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Then James gets into a motorcycle accident where he has a permanent arm injury and his arm twitches uncontrollably. So, uh, he can't, he can no longer be a welder. Um, 
Yeah, so he loses his job. He becomes a security guard. For a little while, the family, and this is like the darkest, they relocate to Tijuana, Mexico. Mm -hmm. So obviously things are going badly. Yeah. But they come back and settle in the San Ysidro neighborhood, Isidero neighborhood of uh, near San Diego. He gets a job as a security guard, but then he loses that job. As a security guard, he is um, depressed over that. But he also is a gun nut. So there are stories, his daughters had friends that would come over to the house and they said there would be guns just laying out <gasps> on the kitchen table that he was often playing with a switchblade. There was just a lot of like violent, overt, uh, uh, violent behavior yeah. going on all the time. And, and then on top of that, so on July 17th, 1984, James tells his wife, Etna, that he thinks he has mental problems, mm. that he thinks he needs to talk to somebody. Mm. And you have to think of it in the, in 1984, that there was a huge social stigma, like even admitting it, I'm sure to your wife was a huge deal. And they're from the Midwest, which is like bootstraps, fucking yes. central. Yeah. Nobody needs help. Don't, how dare you need help? Yeah. And yeah, and for somebody like this guy who clearly like he wants to problem solve by killing things. If you're if you right. create a problem, if you threaten me, if you make me mad, I'm going to pull my gun out. Yeah. Um, so the idea that he would then say, I have mental issues and I need help is a very big deal. So he on July 17th, he calls a mental health clinic and asks for an appointment. Um he leaves his contact details with the receptionist, um, and she assures him that someone is going to return his call within the next hour or two. Mm. So he sits next to the phone and waits for that return call. And the his wife said he waited for a couple hours. Oy vey. The call never comes. He gets up, <gasps> walks out of the house, gets on a motorcycle, and drives away. So listen, I I don't want to blame people, you know, things because a lot of people have had that happen to them, and they don't do this stuff. Yes, exactly. But it's fucked up. I mean, it's a crazy. It's well here. So here's what happened. Okay. Um, the receptionist misspelled his last name as <gasps> Schuberty. And because he was so polite and did not seem he was that he was in immediate crisis, yeah. she didn't put, she logged the call as a non-crisis injury uh, inquiry, sorry, and um, that it would be handled within 48 hours. Ooh. So her time frame, she didn't really communicate the correct time frame yeah. to him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And in his mind, clearly he was at the end of his rope, but she interpreted the call and his behavior as basically check in on this right, person. Right, right. So he comes home from that motorcycle ride an hour later and the wife says he seems fine. Um, they have dinner. The whole family rides bikes to the nearby park. Later on, they come home. The kids go to bed. Etna and James watch a movie. It's like normal life. The next morning is Wednesday, July 18th. James Huberty takes his wife and their daughters to the San Diego Zoo. And they're having just like a lovely day. And all of a sudden he turns to Etna and says, I think my life's over. <gasps> and she's, he, she basically f gets him to say he's, so angry that the mental health clinic didn't return his phone call and he says to her well society had their chance oh um, that's not fair right they they go to a mcdonald's for lunch that day mm. after the zoo the mcdonald's in claremont which is where the the tank rampage took place yeah this is all like in the same, same neighborhood Shit. um and uh then they go home 
so later that afternoon, um, he walks into the bedroom and he kisses his wife saying, I want to kiss you goodbye. And mm-hmm. she asks where he's going. God. And he says, I'm going hunting, hunting for humans. What the Then he walks. Fuck? Yeah. He walks out of the house on his way out the door. He says goodbye to his daughter and says, like explicitly says to her, I won't be back. And leaves. Oh my God. So at approximately 3.56 p.m., um, same day, James Huberty drives his black Mercury Marquis sedan into the parking lot of the McDonald's on San Ysidro Boulevard. He's wearing camouflage pants and a black t-shirt, and he is carrying a 9mm Browning HP semi-automatic pistol, a 9mm Uzi carbine, a Winchester 1200 12-gauge pump action shotgun Jesus, and then he's got a bag a cloth bag filled with the ammunition there are 50 people in the restaurant roughly so it is a busy afternoon and that mcdonald's is busy yeah um because there's customers and full uh employees yeah full staff obviously he walks in he yells freeze he aims his shotgun at 16 year old employee john arnold Mm. um oh and uh, right before he does that, the assistant manager, Guillermo Flores, shouts, hey, John, that guy's going to shoot you. So John Arnold turns around and James Huberty is standing there and shoots and the gun doesn't, the shotgun <gasps> doesn't go off. So then John Arnold thinks it's some awful prank yeah. where he's like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And as Huberty's looking at his gun, the manager, 22-year-old Neva Kane, and this is the saddest part. It's all teenagers, yeah. of course. It's a McDonald's totally. in the 80s. It's yeah. all teenagers working there or like very young people. Yeah. So Neva Kane is the um, manager and she walks over like, uh, hey, what's going on? She's oh, walking honey. toward the service counter. And that's when James Huberty fires, starts firing the Uzi and he murders Neva Kane right there. Um, and then as he does that, then he unjams his shotgun and shoots John Arnold in the chest. Jesus. Um, he yells for everyone to get down on the ground. He call he starts calling everyone, he's calling them dirty swines. And he's shouting that he's killed thousands and he in- intends to kill thousands more. That's- a lot of people interpret that as thinking he is a Vietnam veteran. Yeah. But afterwards they find out he'd never had any military service. So at all. what does that mean? That he's- but I think he was just trying to be scary yeah. and maybe seem like that yeah. kind of person. Like I have a bunch of experience with this. Intimidate everyone. Right. But um, yeah, that's, that is not the case. Um, 25 year old Victor Rivera. So he's be- he just begins shooting up the place. And at one point after the screaming and the, it, it's basically clear that he's basically, I hate all of the people in this yeah. building. and I'm going to kill you all. A 25-year-old man named Victor Rivera begins to plead with him not to harm anybody else. And uh, James Huberty turns around and shoots uh, Victor Rivera 14 times and kills him. Oh, my God. So, it is, this is, and this is the massacre beginning, and it goes on. Um, it's so terrible, and it goes on for so long. And it's it's just the worst-case scenario, uh-huh. scenario in every way. Uh-huh. Starting with, and this is 
tragic and awful because so he started roughly around almost right before four and so maybe like a minute or two before 4 p.m okay by 4 p.m there's all these calls coming into 911 yeah. or to, to emergency services and the dispatcher mistakenly directs <gasps> all the police to the wrong no! mcdonald's no, 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 no. that's two miles from so there's two within two yeah. miles of each other yeah and they just give the wrong one oh, fuck yeah so since the police aren't there to lock the scene down right for a while james huberty is inside this mcdonald's shooting and people are walking up coming in pulling into the drive-thru okay so a woman named lydia flores pulls into the drive-thru she notices shattered windows she hears the sound of gunfire before looking up and she says looking up and there he was just shooting she reverses her car out of the drive-thru crashes into a fence Mm -hmm. with her two-year-old fucking child her two-year-old daughter hides in the car until the shooting stops oh my god so she basically pulls up to it and then gets gets away crashes and then just hides holy shit this is the most tragic and there was actually a picture in the newspaper this is i mean this story was so huge for so long it it gives me it still gives me chills what year was it again 84 okay because i didn't know about it until I got older because I was a kid, but right. I'm sure my mom would remember it. Yes. And there was a picture that was, that I bet you she remembers because, um, three little boys rode up on their bikes. Uh, yeah. And they're the bikes and, uh, basically, uh, Omar Hernandez, Joshua Coleman, and David Delgado rode up while an intermittent shooting was taking place. So they rode their bikes up, dropped them outside, went in and were immediately shot. Mm. They, they actually, sorry, they weren't even in the building. And he shot and Omar Hernandez and David Delgado died at the scene. <sighs> Joshua Coleman somehow miraculously, miraculously survives after being shot in the back, in the arm and in the leg. Holy shit. He says he saw his friends oh. um, murdered. He throws up. He's like, he's there and there is a picture, um, you guys can go find, but like of the bikes on the ground. And then there's like an EMT with that little boy. Oh my God. And it's such a miracle that he survived. But this is like just, this is just the beginning of this, this massacre. It's just so awful. Again, because there's no police there, no one's locking anything down. An elderly couple is walking in, Miguel Uola. And his wife, Aida, are walking in. Miguel's 74, Aida's 69. They're walking in, and right as Miguel opens the door for Aida, um, Huberty turns around with a mm. shotgun and sh- and shoots her. Mm. He starts, Miguel starts screaming at him, of course, and then he gets shot too. So everybody sees, sees that. It's just, it's just fucking like Chaos. worst case scenario. People yeah. and people in the restaurant, of course, have hidden under tables. Yeah. There, there are people that are like shot and dragged, have dragged themselves into the bathroom. Uh, um, you know, it's, it's crazy and everyone's on the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it just keeps going. So the shooting just keeps like, going. Why isn't anyone, why aren't the cops here? Why isn't anyone stopping this person? Why isn't, yes, you know, it's, it's a nightmare. I'm sure that's what they're thinking. I'm not, I'm not asking that. I'm sure that's what they're thinking. Exactly right. Saying. Yeah. And, and that the people in, he's clearly, you can't talk to him. You can't reason no. with him you can't even be seen no so and that get that gets established 
very early on. Right. So when the officers finally do arrive, they set up a six block lockdown perimeter. Mm-hmm. There's 175 officers that end up at the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, they set up a command post two blocks away. And of course, a SWAT team quickly follows. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem is there's so much gunfire. They can't, they think there's a bunch of people yeah. shooting up the inside of the McDonald's. Shit. And he shot out because he has an Uzi. Yeah. He shot out so many windows that they can't see into the... The windows are shattered, but they're like, yeah, yeah, they can't see in. (gasps) So they can't get a clear view. They don't... They can't get a sense of what's going on. It's crazy. Okay, so at one point... And he... Several survivors say that they saw Huberty walk toward the service counter. At one point, adjust a portable radio. He brought a radio in. He was trying to hear on the news what what was going on, how close the cops were. Oh, my God. And then he put it on a music station and returned <gasps> to shooting. Yeah. I mean, the, we, let's remember real quick back to when he left the house. This is a father of two yes. children. Yeah. Like, suddenly now he's this military psychopath in my head, but it's like the kids he just shot outside the fucking rest, like restaurant are could be his kids. Like, yes. This isn't, this isn't some fucking... That's insane. Yes. It's insanity. And he knew he was going insane. He reached out for help. And then it's almost kind of that thing of like, I think we've all been in that. You're, you're most vulnerable and you're, and you ask for help. And if you get rejected. Yeah. Like that makes a person never ask for anything again. Yeah. But it's that thing of like, but then those, most of those people don't go kill a bunch of innocent people. Of course not. But then. There'll be a little bit of a, there's other things, oh. there's other things at play. Let's hear it. But you're right. I mean, like, this isn't, it's almost like culturally, it's as if like, oh, here's the solution. Are you upset? Have you been rejected? Are you mad at women? Are you mad at people that don't look exactly like you? Uh-huh. Well, then here's what you can do about it. Here's uh-huh. an Uzi. Here's a fucking shotgun, whatever. Yeah. That's like, there are people who, that's their belief system. And, and they have access to those weapons. Yeah. Finally, at 5.17 p.m., so it's four o'clock is when he fucking started. It's been an 77 hour. minutes. The documentary is called 77 minutes because <gasps> it's an hour and 17 minutes. Holy cunt. That yes. is insane. It's horrifying. But they finally, they get up on to the post office that's across the street uh-huh. um, that has an un- unobstructed view uh-huh. into the McDonald's. And for one second, Huberty appears in this guy's scope. <sighs> for, um, he can see it's basically just his head. And so he takes the shot <gasps> and uh, fires a single round. And um, <sighs> it, he shoots Huberty in the chest. He sends him sprawling backwards onto the floor in front of the service counter and kills him instantly. Good. So, as I said, the incident lasted 77 minutes, during which time uh, James Huberty fired a minimum of 245 rounds of ammunition. He killed 21 people uh, and wounded many, many others. Um, the victims whose ages ranged from eight months to 74 years were predominantly, not exclusively, but predominantly Mexican or Mexican-American, which is obviously the the racial element behind that and clearly um, part part of this this man's either agenda or insanity, whatever it might be. Um, Totally. So the victims were... Claudia Perez, who was nine years old, 
Elise Herlinda um, Borboa Firo, who was 19, Jose Ruben Lozano Perez, who was 19, uh, Neva Denise Kane, the manager, who was 22, mm-hmm. Michelle Dion Carncross, who was 18, mm-hmm. Carlos Reyes, who was eight months old, mm-hmm. Maria Elena uh, Colmerno Silva, who was 19, Jackie Lynn Wright Reyes, who was 18, Gloria Lopez Gonzalez, who was 22, Victor Maximilian Rivera, who's 25, uh, Aris Delcy uh, Vargas, who was 31, Blythe Reagan Herrera, who was 31, Hugo Luis Velasquez Vasquez, who was 45, Mateo Herrera was 11, mm-hmm. uh, Paulina Aquino Lopez, who was 21, Lawrence Herman uh, Vers Lewis was 62 margarita padilla was 18 oh my god david flores delgado was 11 omar alonzo hernandez was 11 miguel victoria uloa was 75 was 74 Mm. and aida uloa was 69 Mm. um five of the dead were under 11 years old uh, in 1986, this shooting was the deadliest mass murder uh, in the United States um, until 1991. Mm-hmm. Now, and as we know, now it happens much more often. Um, afterwards, in 1986, Etna Huberty, people were very upset because she was she got money from the victims' right. um, fund. Which she was a victim too. I, it's understandable that people are upset. It's it, so hard. There's nothing about this that isn't the worst yeah. scenario where like there's no nothing, there's no winners, there's nothing good. Know, it's all, it's all deep tragedy. It's so hard to like find your humanity, your own humanity when someone has fucking just stomped all over it. Yes. You know? And yes. To, it's so hard. Yes. But you in know, the face but of, we know we need to feel it and have yes. it or else we're, you know, that's the problem with people is they, who do shit like this is they have no fucking humanity. That's right. So we need to make sure that we pay attention to ours. And keep it. Yes, exactly. And hold it and know, understand that that's that part of it. But it's like, but if you're <sighs> super close, like a victim's totally. situation, it's just, it's not I good. I totally understand. In 1986, so the, of course there was a million lawsuits about this because of that, that amount of time that no one came. Yeah. There were people running out and going, please someone help us. Like, it was the worst, the worst, the worst. And uh, like all the, you know, the police were, it must have been absolutely horrifying because it's a SWAT team that they're like, we can't get a shot we don't know what to do yeah they just it was it it was not well handled like what could have been what could have changed and what could have been better about this i mean because they you would you would think or you might want to argue that they should storm into the mcdonald's right but there's so much gunfire they think there could be five people in there they don't know what's happening and they can't see it um even still though it's such a long time it's it's horrifying it's so long so there was so many lawsuits, just every direction. But interestingly, Etna Huberty unsuccessfully tried to sue McDonald's and Babcock and Will, um, Wilcox, which was her husband's longtime former employer, um, in an Ohio state court for $5 million. The suit claimed that the massacre was triggered by both a poor diet. No. And, uh-huh. And her husband working ar- around highly poisonous metals, further citing that monosodium glutamate in McDonald's food combined with the high levels of lead and cadmium that were discovered in Huberty's body at his autopsy. They were? 
They were. He was a welder. And so he had a ton of heavy metals and bad toxic shit in his system. Basically, they they think the buildup from the fumes that he inhaled during his 14 years of welding at Babcock and Wilcox had induced delusions and uncontrollable rage. Here's the thing, as we say, but then why aren't all the welders doing it? Right. Because that's because no. Yeah. Um, the autopsy did reveal there were no drugs or alcohol in James um, James's system, which almost like, does that freak you out sometimes? Like, yes. I want to see massive amounts of amphetamines. So I'm like, OK, great. Exactly. There's none. Right. Because <sighs> they're all in his brain. Right. Because you know what? Sometimes like this is the argument is fucking people have chemical imbalances. Right. It's not simple. No. You know? No. And it's the thing of like when I think in that position, the tragedy, of course, is that he wanted to get help. He gave them basically two hours and then that was it. Let's not give him too much credit for that, though. Yeah, not at all. But I will say this is if it's that thing of if you have he basically had this, whether it was because he was a welder or because he had, you know, the sad life that he did have before, whatever the fuck it was, you can't just that idea that well i made that one phone call now i go get to kill everybody is is just i don't even know why it's i'm ted saying bundy. This. it's the same thing with fucking ted bundy and yes. all my notes about you fucking being he uh he's not a you know there's scared little men who has violent tantrums mm-hmm. that's all he's a he has a violent tantrum right you know right. or like he feels little and and you know what what fucking helps is killing women or shooting people. Yeah. It makes me feel bigger. Right. Or it makes just me feel yeah, out of control. This is how I teach everybody a lesson because I've been hurt or I've rejected or fired yeah. or whatever yes. it is. Yes. Does something good come out of this? Any laws? <laughs> One of the victims became a San Diego policeman. Amazing. Um, and this, and if you watch this um, documentary, I, I haven't watched the entire thing, but that it has all the um, people telling their story, the way it's affected their life, the impact it's had on their life, of course, um, which is very bad. But it's also that kind of thing of like, this is the more these kinds of stories get out where it's, this is what happens when you're on this side of it. Right. That it, we should prevent this, not because it's a political argument or because I believe this or I wear this color hat or whatever. A hundred percent. It's you decimate, you decimate 50 people's lives in in 10 minutes when you walk in somewhere with an Uzi and bad metals in your brain or a grudge or whatever the problem well, is. Well, it's when my mom and I were arguing loudly at a nice pizza restaurant <laughs> about gun control as you over white wine, as you do. As one does. My argument, her argument of anyone should be able to, ha- you know, have guns in their house and all this shit. And I, we, you know, her six year old grandson, I'm saying to her, if he went on a play date, would you really want the person he's going over to their house to have, you know, an assault rifle in their fucking house? Right. With, is Are you okay with that? Would you let them do that? Because it's their fucking right, quote unquote. Right. No. And she fucking couldn't answer that. Of course. Because it's insane. It's like, it's great and everything is fine until it's you and it's happening to your life. And you need to put yourself and have have some basic fucking empathy and put yourself in the shoes of the people who survived it and the families 
whose loved one didn't survive it. This wasn't supposed to be a gun lecture. <laughs> also, you know we're preaching to the converted so hard right now. But, I know, I know. But anyway, I, I just, I have a very... I mean, maybe we're not, and that's important, too. Um, or maybe people who don't vote are listening because they don't like to get out of their house on that day. You know? Maybe. it's Or are undecided. It's important. Yeah, let's have less violence. Also, just this this one, just having seen it from, like, it, we used to oh, just watch the news at night. Mm-hmm. And so whatever was on the news yeah. just went straight into my brain. Yeah. And the or night they, this happened, it was, it really, it had this really intense ripple effect on this country in a way that, like, things didn't that much back then because there was no social media and there was no whatever. It was intense. It was crazy. And it's really sad. Definitely. Yeah. Well, that was, I mean, you told that well. I mean, thank shit, you. girl. Shit. I'm going to touch that shit. Shit, dude. I know. I <laughs> but just, you did good. No, but you did a great job. I just wanted, it, it felt like one of those things. It's, uh, yeah. it feels like one of those ones where you're just like, but it should get said. Right. And maybe especially because it's of a underrepresented group or the the majority who got killed yes it's important to tell that story yes for sure and shit i mean yeah good job thank you now let's never do the hi-fi murders oh god (laughs) so i mean jesus that's one that i will never ever do (laughs) yeah that was great okay so what's your fucking hooray for this week okay so my fucking hooray i'm seeing a new therapist nice she's great i was talking to her about my self-esteem and how fucking hard it is to read one negative comment on Instagram amidst a, a ton of the kindest, you know, murderinos overall and people who comment on my answer are like the kindest people. I can't get over it. If I could cry, I would. Um, <laughs> and one will affect me so negatively and make like such a bummer. So she was like... <laughs> Well, you know what you should try? And I was like, oh, God, what is she going to tell me to meditate? And um, <laughs> she said, recently, I started watching um, Cardi B's videos on Instagram. <laughs> and yes. I was like, oh, I, I like I'm so bad with pop culture. I, I don't really I've heard of her. I know that store uh, kind of ideas. I don't know the music. So I was like, OK, this is weird. And I went home and fucking watched a couple of Cardi B videos. I do. What I like, I do, I oh do. My I do. God. What I like, I do, I That's do. It's a little noise she makes. <laughs> I am so in love with Cardi B She's and her fucking Instagram videos. The best. And her as a person, I, 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 she, I, it's incredible. She's the best. Did she, you see yes. the speech she gave about how the government needs and and then, like your pussy? Yes, like, you go to you go to get, check your pussy. Check your pussy. Somebody remixed that song <gasps> that into a song that's amazing. It's on my Twitter feed if you want to see it. And um, uh, one of my favorite comedians uh, who's now writing on SNL, Bo and Yang, he does this thing where he does lip syncs of those no. kinds of speeches. He me- so he did one from um, Devil Wears Prada. Oh my god, <laughs> uh, he. He, he does these he they're really good yeah. videos and he did hers like word for word Shit. gesture for gesture reenacting I, it it's so funny can i give a shout out to someone else that i know who does that who's amazing uh that does that with like movies so he does like a lot of he'll do like a parker um posey fucking monologue and shit and he's amazing and i've been meaning to fucking talk about him hold on it's uh the johnny smith and he does um johnny lip sync 
hashtag and the hashtag is Johnny Lip Sync and he'll do these to these fucking insane old movies like Postcards from the Edge and shit and just he's crying. I love it. Um, but yeah, Cardi B, I, uh, I'm inspired by her. She, yes. You know how many fucks she gives? Zero. Zero. I'm just so, I'm amazed and I, I want to, I want to channel Cardi B. She has one of my favorite lines in any, uh, song ever, any lyric. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> she says, the only time that I'm a ladies when I ladies hose to rest. <laughs> she has there's some her her rhymes i'm not gonna talk about rap like i fucking know anything yeah. but clever so good and also but also just like <laughs> let's go see her let's go see her and let's go see lizzo yes. lizzo is going on tour in april this is spell her name so everyone l-i-z-z-o she oh my god she's got our, our like backstage before we go on stage in the green room anthem like this is our gal who we fucking listen to and sing as we're walking towards the stage yes what's the song called do it <gasps> i do my hair but uh check my name good as hell okay. the song's called good as hell okay. i've tweeted it a ton of okay, times great, 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 great. she also has a new song called juice that's incredible great. she's and also she was she's like hitting the big time now yes. she's doing coachella she's doing uh, um a bunch of stuff. She so fucking she, plays the flute. She plays the flute and hits the shoot. She is the fucking shit. I love her so much. She's the shit. And also she has that thing where the, her lyrics are really like, <laughs> they're empowering. They're, they're really like, sorry, let me just remember this one. Cause I just texted this. So here's, this will be, uh, as I try to remember that, I'll okay. say this. Steven, we stay up till 5 a.m. editing. Steven. This is so we sound smart. I'm so sorry. No, you can leave that part in, but. <laughs> My therapist gave me this assignment. I've started going to therapy twice a week. Now, I love it. And it feels amazing because I talk so fucking much um, and can't, I have to monologue at her. I mm-hmm. don't like the feeling when we're like staring at each other. And she's like, and yeah, let's feel that for a second. So how does that make you feel? So it's almost like there's the download. Uh-huh. Uh, 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 I was going to say episode uh, appointment. <laughs> no, it's an episode. <laughs> Espionage. Well, we're going to start putting Karen's therapy <laughs> sessions out as a podcast. <laughs> You'd, everyone would roll their eyes the hardest. Yes. And but, listen to it. But um, so it's like the first day I kind of barf out all yeah, the yeah. things that I, I'm worried about. Yeah. And then we get to like workshop it for a whole nother day. Whenever I hear people who go to therapy more than once a week, I'm like, you're doing the fucking work because yeah. your therapist said to you, you need to come in more than once a week, which makes you think, oh, shit, oh, I'm shit. fucking crazy. Yes. Like, I knew a dude who went three times a week. Yeah, hell yeah. And it's like, all you're doing is the work you need to be doing. Well, and it's, I am so, uh, as we all are, no one's, it, look, we're all, we all have anxiety. We're all stressed out. Mm-hmm. We're all scared. We all have these issues. And there's like basic, obvious reasons that have nothing to do with being a, having a chemical imbalance. No. Like to just fucking start with. Right. This it's the way we're we're built to have anxiety. That I just read this somewhere. We are all the human beings that lived because we have anxiety. Right. We stayed away from the fucking saber tooth tiger's cave and we right. fucking Don't r- touch the fire, you ding no, dong. We ran into the forest so that we wouldn't get killed and then didn't and, and then we now, survived. And then now we stay out of the forest because there's serial killers <laughs> in right. there. Like we have to find out which way we go in the forest that's right in or out but we're filled with anxiety that we now societally interpret as a negative which it's not necessarily right you're not crazy it's natural it's how our reptilian brains are built i also think it makes me kind of like quirky and fun sure you know also you love cats i love cats um but 
she gave me this exercise and she said, uh, every day you have to write down five things, not that you're grateful for, cause that's conceptual, mm. write down five things that made you feel good mm. in the moment. It can be anything that tiny. Day? Yes. Okay. The tiny, big, whatever that gave you a shot of actual emotion of yay, whatever it was a little, like a little moment and just start recording them because I often have that thing where I feel I can't handle shit. So I just shut it all down. Good and or then, bad? Yes. It's all, it's none of my business. Yeah. 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 How I feel. Yeah. Um, oh. is, is the mistake I oh, make. Like don't, don't just be neutral all the time or just like, I can't do it right now. Yeah, so yeah. like if, if I reacted real time, it would be bad. So I just don't do anything. Got it. But the problem with that is you, then you are not feeling the good things then you forget what's good you forget what you like you forget and then that's how i personally that's how i get into abusing substances because i feel like i need to replace it with like real good life experiences instead it's like i can't handle any of that i'll just go home and like eat i'll go home and get high i'll go home and just lay there and watch tv all those things that do not serve me Uh um and so in trying to peel that behavior back you have to remember what is good. Like you can't just peel back things that are giving you comfort and then stand there. Uh-huh. You have to like make lists of things you like. So I've been doing it daily. And she said, you have to do it with somebody else so that you do it. <gasps> so I immediately thought of Lizzie. I knew it. I knew it would be Lizzie Cooperman. She, Lizzie Cooperman <laughs> is our, obviously our friend. It's almost not fair because of course it's, it's easy for her. It's it, she, I, I didn't even have to explain it. I go, will you do this thing? And she's like, totally. (laughs) Like she, it was like she was waiting to do it. I love it. So it's just these lists and they're so odd, but it's just a thing that actually made you happy real time in a real moment. And it can be just hearing this person's voice on the phone. Me. You every time. (laughs) Will you do it with me for like one day a week? A hundred percent. Okay. Absolutely. Um, I just feel like we're in each other's business so much. So much. We're <laughs> but yes, all about because each other. I, I'm telling you, having done this now for like, I think it's a week mm-hmm. or two, mm-hmm. maybe two. I am feeling real time things <gasps> where I go, oh, I want more of this feeling. I'm going to do these. It's, it's and like I I'm noticing shit myself. more yes. too, because you're like, oh, I have to tell Lizzie that later. It's like, oh, this thing right now feels good. That's going to be on my list today. Exactly. Or if you've, if I have spent, I, I want to say you so bad, me. but it's me. Um, <laughs> if I've spent the day in my house talking to no one but George uh, and Frank, uh, there's nothing to put on that list. Mm. So I have to go like, <gasps> at least go to the store and talk to one old lady because you need some shit on your good list. Ugh. And I swear it is like, it's like waking up this thing inside me where I'm like, I get to feel good shit real time i get to be vulnerable be in the world and i like it i can handle it i like it it's good and that's the only way to get more good stuff it's practices that's you know yeah it's your therapy practice yeah and then the word practice is so important because it's not do it or don't do it and do it right no it's It's like just keep practicing keep practicing and i think the reason she did it because there's been tons of times where like i will lizzie sends me you know, two days in a row. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, oh my God, I didn't do my list. Well, Lizzie does this thing and I kind of think this is it. She's only taught me this and I know it's, fu- it's like Gail or someone's fucking thing. But <laughs> Oprah or Gail, you're not Oprah sure Gale. which. It's the ta-da list. 
instead of the to-do list. <laughs> and Lizzie, of course, told me that so long ago. And I was like, oh my God. What's that? Like accomplishments? A ta-da. You know, you write your fucking to-do list. I need to do this. I need that. You're at the end of the day. Ta-da list. What I did. shit I fucking did right this week or yes. this day, you know? Yes. Ta-da, motherfucker. Yeah. Like I'm, that needs to be credited to someone because. Ta-da, motherfucker. No, just ta- the ta-da. I'm going to look it up because it's nobody's. I'm <laughs> claiming it. <laughs> Stephen and I were Googling it. Okay, great. <laughs> Yeah, like little practices, like you say, little practices. Remind yourself that you're not just a total piece of shit. Well, and also it's the thing too, uh, you know, it's to me, I always get worried when you and I talk about like our real experiences at the top of the show, because I don't want people to be mad at us or hate us for being in a great position and still complaining. (laughs) Like that's my fear. But I realized in kind of making these lists and stuff, I have so much to be overjoyed about every day. Yeah. I could, I could fill up 10 lists, but I focus on what's negative, what I need to fight, what I need to do, what I'm not doing. Like all I do is focus on the, the bad stuff. And it makes the hugest difference when like I can remind myself, all your dreams are coming true. Is this the beginning of our mental health? podcast <laughs> i feel like it is i mean it could be i drink a can of wine i we, just i just worry if we if we name it that that the lawsuits will be coming <laughs> down the mountain karen and george's ta-da, ta-da. that's Ta-do. the first one we steal we stole that oh, stolen God. who did i steal i want to know who i stole that from because i know but lizzie it's lizzie's fault it's lizzie, lizzie cooperman let's all blame her if we do that we have to pull lizzie into it that's oh my god she could be our therapist <laughs> she could and the tarot reader during. and she'll read our tarots um yeah cool that yeah it was like a that was a beautiful fucking hooray oh it's called fucking hooray it's called fucking hooray <laughs> yeah um wow yeah good job thank you it's actually i've instead of like talking about a tv show i was like i should just say i was not gonna say it because i was like oh that's weird and private no, this and is i better. shouldn't do it oh my god show show it off and every time i listen to my therapist talk i'm like god i wish more people could hear her talking yeah. she said today she said this thing she goes when human beings aren't supported and they don't have anyone that we just can't that's the way Aww. she said it and i was like <laughs> like she's just deep but in that real way of yeah. like this is the truth yeah this is this is how it is for people i dig it me too i dig it fucking shit man guys we barfed it out this week and i think it's i you know flash everyone your emotion flash everyone yourself why not like pull down like pull down your um tube top Pull down your, your soul. defensive tube top. <laughs> That's right. And get your soul tits Flash Flash <laughs> your soul. I promise you'll be re- rewarded with beads. <laughs> right? With Mardi Gras beads. Yes. Of with life. With spiritual life beads. Spiritual Mardi Gras. your soul tits. Life beads. That you're flashing at every other human being. Um, And, then, and there we go. And everyone's better. Yes. The end. Everything's cured. Did we do it? We, we did solved it. gun control. <laughs> we solved. God, this was a great... We really did we it. We solved complaining. Complaining. We solved vulnerability. <laughs> listen, listen, vulnerability 2020. Right. That's what's going to happen. Vulnerable and ability. <laughs> um, um, gosh, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, everybody. If you got to this point, fuck, man. Wow. You're cured. You must need something. <laughs> <laughs> Go find it. We support you. Good luck. Uh, let us know what you find. And stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye! <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Elvis, you want a cookie?